Welcome to Are We There Yet? Transport into the Future. This is a series of programs that look at current issues and developments and what they mean for the transport we need, we want and what we can supply in the future. These programs are written and presented by David Brown. The acronym CAV, C-A-V, Connected and Autonomous Vehicles, broadly covers the technology that will create enormous impacts in countries all over the world. It will change how and when we travel, but will also generate jobs and enhance wealth creation opportunities. Private industry is pushing hard and governments can't totally control it, but it is critical that governments facilitate the process if a country is to gain the most benefits, not just corporate profits, but also long-term community benefits. In the UK, they have set up a separate organisation, Meridian Mobility UK Limited, to enhance the interaction between governments and industry. Meridian's Chief Executive Officer is Daniel Ruiz. Daniel brings a calm, thoughtful confidence to a world that is frantically pushing technological developments. We caught up with him at an Intelligent Transport Systems Summit. The UK government has committed a significant amount of funding for the exploitation of CAV-enabled services and systems, all towards a social and economic end. And in order to implement that, they decided that it was easier, better to set up a, a private company which would work back-to-back with government, but also back-to-back or face-to-face, because you can't be back-to-back with both, back-to-back with government and face-to-face with industry. So that is an important link, isn't it? It's mm. not uh, one of total control, but it's trying to get the best of both worlds. I, I have a fantastic job because I have an immense amount of influence. Mm. A few hundred million pounds gives you influence. I have absolutely no authority, so I cannot tell anybody to do what I need to do. But the the point is being the kind of the conductor of the orchestra is that I can tease, kind of cajole all the musicians to play the same music at the same time. They also have to believe in what you're doing. Yes, yes. So one of the, the, the really fundamental principles of working in Meridian is that we have to believe what we're doing is right and that it is the right thing to do. And convince the people you're talking and then, to. And be convincing in what we're doing. But, but that comes from a lot of consensual work, consultation, collaboration in its truest sense. So working with people, for people, alongside people and making sure that the messages are being formed with our community. That said, being prepared to stand up and say things that that may be provocative from time to time and being prepared to have the the debate, the healthy conversation to just convince that that what we're saying is right. On occasion, of course, we are diverted and we will revise our plans, but ultimately we communicate what our goals are and then we work towards them openly and transparently. Has government got clear goals? Do they have a clear vision? Well, that's one of the the turnarounds, I think, in in UK politics recently, especially in this area, is that there is a degree of vision. Uh, There is leadership from government in the UK. The establishment of the Centre for Connected and Autonomous Vehicles, which is a joint department, sits between uh, transport and business, was a very deliberate act that group, the centre, the CCAV as we call it, is responsible for the regulation and for the policy and yes, for shaping the vision with industry for connected autonomous vehicles. 
and that in itself represents a degree of leadership that we have not had in many areas for a while. It's leadership towards a better transport system, but it's also creating business and technology, which is the future. Absolutely. So uh, it, I can't, quite often get accused of, of being an automotive person. I am not. In fact, I was brought into the job because my background is more in infrastructure. Um, and this is not an automotive issue. It's not a traffic issue. It's not really a transport issue. It is a mobility issue. And by mobility, I mean the, kind of the, the context is social, it's economic, it's about prosperity, it's about productivity, uh, and it's about a more effective society. Prosperity is not only an important part of it. Well, transport's not the only important part. Prosperity is, gives you a reason to travel. It yes. sort of links together mm. that without business, and which is going to be more digital, mm -hmm. when we, well, there's not much point to travel unless you've got something to do or then money to spend. Absolutely. And, and that's why an interesting point there is that, that this has actually been initiated by industry in the UK. So the starting point was from the automotive industry in the UK putting together a proposal to government saying we believe that this agenda needs to be pursued. We're prepared to commit um, around about £250 million. Will you match it? And government debated and they obviously weighed it up relative to some other similar proposals from other sectors and agreed to it. And that's what has, has uh, spawned the company that I run, Meridian, and the, which is responsible basically for the infrastructure, the, the development environment in the UK. And a similar amount, so half of that 250 million and plus 250 million matched, is for R&D projects. So a range of projects that have been looking at everything from components through systems, through deployment and pilot projects, showing how connected and autonomous transport can feed into a mobility service. Intelligent transport systems yeah. is not just autonomous or Uber. It's got to be more than that? Absolutely. It's intelligent with a little eye. So it's not a bit of jargon. It's smart. I know that people hate the use of all these words because with capital uh, letters, they, they, they mean nothing. So it is a, a considered, pragmatic, economic and efficient use of movement, means, so transport to get people and goods to where they need to be uh, safely, smoothly, efficiently, reliably. And all those things coming together, which is explicitly a complex thing, which includes a, bit, a degree of chaos because we cannot control it completely. But I think we are in, a, in an era where you have to accept that things are complex and let the chaos work for you rather than trying to oversimplify squeeze things into silos and inject inefficiency as a result so that the, the, the mobility as a service is another kind of little jargon phrase but if, if you I, I my view it is it's just about regarding transport or mobility as a means from getting from your start to your destination that must require moving from silo to silo moving from mode of transport to mode of transport and doing it in a way using data, using modern telecommunications, modern computing power to allow you to do it smoothly and without having to, without angst. Mm. Uh, and I think that, that angst is what has fed into transport historically. Um, I used to never travel on a bus in London because I didn't have a clue where they went. Now, of course, there are apps that say, go to this stop here, get these, this bus, change to that bus, get off at that stop. And, it's, and, and you can relax and enjoy the journey rather than having to worry about the logistics of it for yourself. Knowing when to get off, the, yeah. following you on a map. That's right.
When I was young, if you wanted to catch the bus, you went to the kitchen drawer and got out a bus timetable, mm. which was on cardboard, yes. which was incomprehensible. Mm. It was small print yep. and it was out of date. Yes. Yeah. Well, in London, it's even worse because there are hundreds of different bus, bus routes and it's, it is, it's fathomless. Yeah. <laughs> it's a case then of being comfortable on it too. I look forward to autonomous buses because they'll be smoother. Potentially, yes. Potentially, mm. yeah. Well, although coming back to your point earlier on, uh, the autonomous element is really just a progression of safety, in my view. And in, in the case of an autonomous car, say, yes, there is the pleasure of driving. And I think that there are ways of deriving pleasure that may not be sitting at, at the wheel of a car. There may be potential to drive a car with a wheel just for fun on occasion, in the same way as you can go on track days at the moment. But increasingly, an increasing majority of people will be happy to sit in a vehicle which is safe, secure and gets them there. But nevertheless, it is still just a progression on the, on the spectrum of safety, which includes the institution of, of seat belts, mandatory or otherwise, airbags, side airbags, 50 million airbags in one, one box, adaptive cruise control, lane assist and, and so on. It's not, in my mind, a, 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 I won't say a step change, but, but I think that the perception is that it's more than a step change. You're kind of leaping over a chasm from the, the current way of, of traveling in, a, in your personal vehicle to a future way, which is just completely different. One of the dilemmas of that, though, is that we tend to think of modern technology as merely automating what we do now. Mm. And autonomous vehicles, if it creates the image of utopia of me and my individual car, mm. we don't have the capacity for that to, to expand. Mm. Whereas autonomous in a corridor, in a public transport, mm. in certainly in the short term, if not the long term, do you think that should be the, the priority? I, I think it should be a priority, if that's allowed. Mm. In many respects, I think what you've just described is a very low cost alternative to a train because the corridor is more, slightly more flexible, but nevertheless, it's a bit like guided rails. And the, you're, I think you're implying that there is a start and destination with maybe a few planned stops in between. So absolutely, we need to be making society more and more efficient. And if you can, and I hesitate to say this bit, if you can take out the driver and enable the driver to do something uh, different, I still want, the, want him or her to have purpose in life and make a living. But there's no point in having a driver for a driver's sake when, when there are better things to be doing. So that's one degree of efficiency. If you can similarly use more space within one vehicle, i.e. there's an extra, extra seat for a passenger, then there's, there's a revenue impact, positive. So yes, all in all, that's, that is a, a key application of autonomy. Others, I imagine, are going to be um, in logistics, so a lot of countries are looking at platooning of lorries. There are issues around that. But again, if we can look at logistics on highways and not worry about the highly complex last mile white van deliveries to uh, inner cities, think more about how do we have logistics hubs, which means that you can have the long distances uh, on the safer highways done autonom autonomously and then have efficient handovers to manual vehicles for the last mile. That means the corridor is not compounded by the work time of the driver. Mm. In Australia, the distance between Sydney and Brisbane or Sydney and mm. Melbourne is just a bit more, yes. so the driver has to sleep in a cabin. Mm. 
if you were to have an autonomous vehicle, it could slow down a bit yes. and be more fuel efficient. And that's a really interesting point because this is a multimodal issue as well. It's not just about road. So in the UK, we're talking with our marine um, friends to say, well, if, you want, if you're not worried about speed, well, there are 200 little ports around the UK. So why don't you just hop around the country? And strangely, ports do have routes going into them where you can radiate inwards. In fact, very few, I think Oxford is the furthest city from the sea. And it's, it's a couple of hundred miles or something like that. There is nowhere that that is that far from the sea that you couldn't radiate inwards from from a coastal port. That that is a little bit of argument that I have not pre-prepared or thought through properly. So I'm sure that someone will come up with an argument against it. The fundamental fact is that there are discussions about using ports for hopping freight around the the, the country. And not totally, but mm. but as a thing, there's also talk over there of using your canals. Absolutely, to, to some degree, yeah, indeed. But because again, they 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 can come in inland, and and the the pace, the speed of delivery is mm. not critical. It's like many things; it's the reliability of delivery that we're interested in. Mm. Is your testing for freight vehicles as mm. well as for uh, the individual, you know, typical car-like vehicle? A, a very much so. So the UK testing environment, what we're calling Testbed UK or the Meridian Cluster, is a collection of interconnected uh, testing centres and instrumented highways and, and rural roads, which can be used to to uh, explore, experiment on any kind of transport. Hmm. The experimentation, is it to prove the concept as part of it, but also to give a public understanding yeah. to it? Yeah. So uh, there are two sides. One is the, the testing of the technology, and the other is very much bringing the public along so that when it comes to the point of wide-scale rollout, the, the hurdle that is, is public acceptance is much, much smaller mm. because that is essential. In fact, we were doing similar things three or four years ago with electric vehicles. There is a perception as the technology matures that you are compromising if you use it. Uh, and of course, with electric vehicles, the, the, the range anxiety was a, was a big issue. Inevitably, as the battery technology uh, improves, and it will do exponentially, that range will become less of an issue. But similarly, if you use an electric vehicle in a different way and recognize that the vast majority of journeys are well within your range, and you, like with your uh, mobile phone, which you don't see people walking around, they, they, without thinking, plug it in whenever they get a chance, especially with iPhones. But, but they plug it in without whenever. If you have the same attitude with your electric vehicle, then you will not have problems with, uh, with energy loss or, 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 sorry, having an empty tank. Part of the thing is providing infrastructure with an electric vehicle that's charging mm. and so on. Is your government, for want of a horrible word, proactive in mm. that? Is it becoming more, well, we have to do more than just say someone else should get on with it? This is not an area of my expertise, so I, I cannot comment with any authority. But what I would say is that, that I am pressing to see where the infrastructure required for electric vehicle charging and for, for that, that the rest of the infrastructure associated with electric vehicles can be coupled where possible with any infrastructure that's required for connectivity so that we start to move to a point where that infrastructure itself becomes more efficiently deployed. Lighting in streets now yeah. might well become a place where you can charge as well. It's also mm. It's uh, made areas much more vibrant mm. and more activity, certainly in Australia, mm. although I think we're pretty slow in mm. getting to it. So the future, you're, you're confident in that? 
Well, the future will happen. I'm very confident <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> I think the future is enormously exciting. I think we are kind of easing into a period of, of social revolution, mm-hmm. and transport is right at the heart of it. And if my confidence is that transport will become uh, in- increasingly beneficial and perceived as beneficial, I say perceived as beneficial. It was interesting, when I was working on the, the London Olympics, one of our mantras was, because I was involved in, in delivery of transport and transport coordination across the country, we were trying very hard to make sure that when the game started, it would be sport that was in the news, not transport. So maybe it's, it's British humility. But I would be quite happy if people don't talk in emotional terms about transport because it's just happening. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and I'm pretty confident that it will just happen. Uh, this, the future is, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's not that scary. It's actually quite exciting. I finish on just the one point, though. Okay. Government doesn't have to do it, but it, you said it has to have the vision. Yes. So government leadership is absolutely pivotal. The Giving some vision and giving some leadership in, to, in, in relation to policy is, in, is invaluable. And I think what the UK has done absolutely right is create that environment in which the, the in which industry and the transport operators and transport authorities can align and therefore move forward at, a, at a, an optimal rate. Align is a strong word, a good mm. word, isn't it? Mm. It's not just dog eat dog and one to dominate. No, it leads very much to, to collaboration because I think recognising that everyone has a role to play and should role, uh, play to their strengths is part of the potential for success in this space. If we are playing to our strengths and trust our partners that are running alongside us that they will play to our to their complementary strengths, then we will make the, the the greatest progress. Daniel, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your time. And that was Daniel Ruiz, the Chief Executive Officer of Meridian Mobility Limited in the UK, forming the link between government, academia and industry to create a better world through intelligent mobility. Are we there yet? Transport into the Future is produced by Driven Media. Driven Media specialise in communicating technical and scientific information to professionals and the public and also facilitates planning and behaviour change in groups and organisations. You can send comments or suggestions to feedback at drivenmedia.com.au. All the participants have agreed to the recording and distributing of their comments.